0: Hello, I'm Mitch Glazer, president of Chosen People Ministries. We're going to talk about Israel, and I could just envision it's a nice day at the Western Wall. Tons of people are praying, dressed in black, women on the other side wearing long skirts surrounded by lots of children, a lot of Orthodox Jewish people, tourists and visitors. Some of them believe in Jesus. We have some Christian pilgrims who are enjoying a time of prayer at the Wall. And uh, there's a lot, a lot to pray for. But our prayer is that Jewish people might find Jesus to be the Prince of Peace. Bobby, so great to have you with us.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Mitch. And welcome, everyone. Welcome to The Chosen People. And as Mitch mentioned, today we're going to be talking about Israel. And we're also going to be talking about Israel in light of a very important topic, and that is peace. We're going to be looking at what, what is peace? Where can we find peace? And what does peace have to do with
0: Israel, and with Jerusalem in particular. As usual, Bobby, Israel has been in the news, and a lot of the news is uh, pretty choppy, actually, uh, because there was a a new government that was formed a number of months ago, and the members of that new government are quite disparate. You know, you have ultra-Orthodox Jews and settlers, Palestinian party, and you have more secular Jewish people. And so if there was any time where Israel needed peace, shalom, unity, it's now. But there's a long history of Jerusalem, both in the Bible and outside the Bible. And why don't you share some of that, Bobby, so we can gain sort of a historical perspective that might inform us about what's happening now and help us to pray more effectively.
1: Yeah, sure, Mitch, thank you. And uh, as we learned last week in our episode on Jerusalem, we found out that Jerusalem started out as really just this small place outside of Mount Moriah. And uh, the name Jerusalem means city of peace. Yerushalayim is how it's uh, spoken in Israel in Hebrew. And chances are, if, you, uh, if you're listening, shalom is one of those words, one of those special recognizable Hebrew words. It's, it's right up there with amen and hallelujah, and you have shalom.
0: Bobby, shalom is a very, very good word to know because you can say shalom if you're coming. You can say shalom if you're going. So whether you're coming or going, you can always use the word shalom. It's, it's a great word to know.
1: Exactly, exactly. And uh, on top of that, though, like, what what does shalom mean? It means peace. But it's much more than just like, uh, you know, hey, peace, man, uh, that kind of surface <laughs> level. You know, Hebrew is a beautiful language. You know, you, you can paint pictures with Hebrew words, and shalom is one of those words. And the, the real essence of shalom is everything in its right place, everything exactly the way God intended it to be. It's complete wholeness and when we see prophecies or promises concerning God's kingdom of peace being ushered in, Jerusalem is part of the equation. Jerusalem is is the epicenter. it's where the Messiah sets up his throne and establishes his kingdom. Now historically in the Bible you know we see Jerusalem come up quite a bit. Uh, we see that Israel is uh, split into two kingdoms and the capital of the southern kingdom, the southern tribes was Jerusalem. And even to this day, the Jewish community yearns for and prays for the reestablishment of Jerusalem and for the Messiah to come to establish his throne. Jerusalem today is a very diverse place. There's It's sort of a melting pot of many languages and cultures. While the majority of the city is Jewish and Muslim, you have many, many deeply religious people there. And what comes with that. Unfortunately, a lot of controversy and conflict.
0: I love walking through uh, the Old City. I start at Christ Church, which is an Anglican church and mission. And then I, I walk through the alleys, through the Armenian quarter. The Armenian Orthodox Church owns a huge amount of land. They have a seminary there. They have churches there. And the Armenian Orthodox have been in Israel for centuries. And then you walk past that section of town and then you hit the Jewish area (laughs) of Jerusalem and you go into uh, the middle of a a beautiful square with an old synagogue and lots of shops and all the falafel you could ever eat. Mm. And then you continue walking down another alley and you come to a, a set of stairs and you have the most magnificent view of the Dome of the Rock and, of course, the Western Wall. Then you go down those stairs and, and you join with hundreds of people who are going to worship God at the Western Wall. We call the Wailing Wall because when the temple was destroyed in 70 AD, uh, Jewish people mourned the destruction of the temple, mourned the almost destruction of the Jewish people by the Romans. And to this day, Jewish people will call it the Wailing Wall because of the hope that we have that one day Messiah will come and will restore the unity of Israel and will restore his kingdom. And so then you walk through the main part. Then you have two sections because Orthodox Jews usually separate men and women when it comes to worship. And you walk through the men's section and you pick up a yarmulke, skull skullcap. Even if you're a Gentile, you wear one because it's respectful. For Jewish people, the skull cap means that we are under God's authority. And so We then walk into the middle of this very active beehive of religious worshipers and and people from different countries and secular Jewish people who have come really because they're looking for an experience with God. You then can walk off to the sides of the Western Wall, and there are untold numbers of worshipers in side rooms almost embedded in the rock. In Israel, where there are ancient books, the Talmud, which is a very important book to the Jewish people, the Siddur, which is the prayer book of the Jewish people, and of course, many, many, many Bibles in various languages, mostly in Hebrew. And so it's just a magnificent scene when you walk into this old city. And one of the prayers that people pray is for the coming of the Messiah. Why? Traditionally, Jewish people view the Messiah as a political leader with a spiritual side, a son of David, who will fulfill the promises. And one of those promises was the names of the Messiah, which, of course, we apply to Jesus because we believe he fulfilled this prophecy. But in in Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, these names are used, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace. And so Jewish people standing at the wall pray for two or three things, the coming of the Messiah, the Prince of Peace, to bring peace to the land. Secondly, they're praying for the restoration of the temple, that it will be rebuilt, which traditional Jewish people believe it will be rebuilt by the Messiah. Some people have tried to rebuild the temple ahead of time, Uh, but most uh, religious Jews are content to wait for the Messiah. And then third, believe it or not, uh, is for the restoration of the sacrificial system because Jewish people have never really accepted the fact that they could no longer sacrifice for atonement from sin. And so these three things are part of the hope and expectation of the Jewish people. The coming of the Messiah, the establishment, reestablishment of the temple, rebuilding of the temple, and the renewal of the sacrificial system— For me, understanding that people next to me are praying for all of this, I can't help but just be so aware of the fact that I have peace in my heart through the Prince of Peace. Why? Because I know that Messiah has come a first time. I know that Messiah was the living temple and that he laid down his body in death as an atonement for our sin, and that he is the Again, the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate atonement for sin. So everything that my dear Jewish brothers and sisters, because I'm Jewish too, everything that they're praying for, they could have right now if they accepted Jesus as their Messiah. As Paul said, they have a zeal for God, but without knowledge. In the Greek word there is epinosis, full knowledge. And I pray for the peace of Jerusalem. What I'm praying for is that the peace of the Messiah will reign and rule in the hearts of Jews and of Arabs. And you know, Bobby, if that happened, there would be political and national peace in Israel that they've never experienced before.
2: Technology has given us an exciting new way to reach the Jewish people with the good news of Jesus. Like never before, Prior to 2014, we had to rely on billboards, buses, subways, and newspapers to get the word out. But now, with the advances of technology and your partnership, we can reach tens of thousands of Jewish people with a simple click of a button in this exciting digital age. So learn more about our mission, and help us continue reaching Jewish people over the internet by going online to chosenpeople.com radio. That's chosenpeople.com slash radio. Or connect with us over the phone by calling one of our team members at 888-293-7482. Thanks. We look forward to hearing from you soon.
1: Welcome back. You're listening to The Chosen People. Here at Chosen People Ministries, we hear from a lot of Jewish people who have found the Messiah. And right now, we'd like to share one of those stories with you.
3: I had achieved a lot, traveled and, and lectured all over the world. You know, I was, I was taught scientific method. I was taught to analyze. I was taught to evaluate everything I read. Everything had to be logical. There are certain things that just you can't figure out. I was born in Montreal into a Jewish family. My grandparents had immigrated from Russia. My dad was in the Canadian Air Force, and he was with the Canadian and British forces when they liberated Bergen-Belsen. I identified very, very strongly with being Jewish, but not religious. I did have a bar mitzvah, went through the public school system in Montreal, went to McGill University, and then, as any Jewish mother would want, became a doctor, established a practice, taught, and I lived there very comfortably for you know very successfully for a long time expecting nothing more than to stay there for for the rest of my life until things really started to turn sour in Quebec and with anti-semitism and other things that were going on my grandfather my mother's father nicest man kind heart he had walked into the post office he needed to mail a letter and they refused to speak to him I remember him in our kitchen, in tears. Uh, it It just didn't sit well with me. I decided that's not where I wanted to live, not where I wanted to raise a family. Picked up, left Montreal, and ended up in the Bible Belt in Texas. Well, I found myself down in Dallas, bought a practice. I was introduced to the staff. One woman in particular stands out, and she walked over and she said, so tell me about yourself. I was very wrapped up in myself at that time. I had achieved a lot, traveled and, and lectured all over the world. Religion really wasn't part of my life. I wasn't used to people basing their lives on religion. I wasn't used to people with spiritual backgrounds. And that was her. There was something about her. There was a, a peace, there was a, a solidity, something that she had in her that I didn't have. Jesus was something, some concept that I knew that Christians ascribed to that was out there. But as far as I was concerned, I was Jewish, I was doing what I was, I was on my own path. The more she told me about Jesus, about God, the more I started to understand that this is something that I probably needed. You know, setting up a new life in a, in a strange city at that stage in my life was a major challenge, um, and I was fearful, and I was apprehensive, and there were a lot of things that I was struggling with in trying to get myself established, and yet there was this rock that she stood firmly on, and it was something that I really felt that I needed as well. And at one point she actually asked me, she says, don't you think you should give God credit for some of some of the the things that you've accomplished. And I very seriously thought about it for a little bit, and I said, well, I suppose I could give God some of the credit. Don and I were married in 2010, and for our first anniversary, after some back and forth, we decided that we would go to Israel. The gentleman who was actually our tour leader was a very, very, he was a a Messianic Jew, had grown up in a traditional home, much like I had, and he took us from site to site and described everything really in a Jewish context. You know, everything was relating to the Bible, everything was relating to Jesus. More of and more of it started to register. It became, it started to become real. We were at the Western Wall, and as I started to pray, this overwhelming, I would, this overwhelming presence enveloped me. It was a heat, it was a pressure, it was like somebody had his arms around me. I heard a voice, you're home, I've brought you back where you belong, you're safe. I felt just a tremendous, tremendous sense of peace, a tremendous sense of rest. And I was convinced, there was, I mean, there was no question that this was a a very real experience for me. But you need to, you know, you know, as a Jew, We had always been brought up to to believe that, you know, if you're going to be Jewish, you cannot believe in Jesus. You cannot believe in Yeshua. And so I went to our tour leader that morning, and I asked him, I said, I have some questions for you, because he had grown up in a traditional Jewish home, and now here he was a believer and a Messianic Jew, and I needed to know how, you know, how do you do this? When he explained to me that you can believe, you can accept Jesus as your Messiah, And doing so doesn't mean that you have to relinquish being Jewish. You do not have to give up being Jewish in order to believe. It was literally like somebody turned on a light switch. On that Friday night, which happened to have been the first night of Purim, of all the places to be saved, I mean, if you wrote a script for that, I can't think of any better place that I would like to have been. Um, I accepted Yeshua. I accepted Jesus as my Messiah. I looked at Donna and said, like, I've got it too. I'm standing on that same rock that she was standing on. So it's not just the two of us, it's the two of us and Yeshua as well.
2: As the nation of Israel struggles to keep control of the Promised Land, and her enemies fight and riot against her, how can we know that Israel's future will indeed be glorious? That's the topic of our latest offer, a book written by Harold Sevener, the past president of Chosen People Ministries, called Israel's Glorious Future. Explore the ancient prophecies that reveal the faithfulness of God's everlasting covenants with His chosen people in this concise guide. Request your copy of Israel's glorious future today by visiting us online at chosenpeople.com/offer. That's chosenpeople.com/offer. Or ask for Harold Sevener's book when you call 888-293-7482. We look forward to hearing from you soon.
1: Welcome back. You're listening to The Chosen People. And as we sort of land the plane here, I just have a a real important question for you. As Christians, as believers today, what can we do to advance the cause of peace in Jerusalem?
0: Thanks, Bobby. Great question. We can advance the cause of peace by, number one, praying for the peace of Jerusalem. Psalm 122, verse 6. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They will prosper who love thee. And that's a great admonition from the psalmist. And it's really prayer with a promise. Mm-hmm. So, if we first of all love Israel and the Jewish people and pray for the peace of Jerusalem, then God will prosper us. I don't personally believe that will come in the form of money, property, or this world's goods. So,
1: I won't get a Mercedes Benz?
0: Well, you might. But okay. it won't be because of this. Gotcha. In actuality, Bobby, the Hebrew words are two different Hebrew words. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They will prosper who love thee. And so that's, that's not your average word for prosper. It actually refers to an inner peace as opposed to an outer prosperity. Mm. And uh, so you have to know a little bit of the Hebrew to catch that. But it's very evident that the psalmist was not talking about Uh, money or worldly goods, but rather talking about emotional, spiritual, and psychological well-being. That comes as a reward for those who pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Secondly, we need to advance peace by making sure we tell Jewish people about Jesus. Mm. He's the Prince of Peace. To the Jew first and also to the Gentile, I honestly believe that if we would share the gospel with Jewish people and Jewish people would come to faith, share the gospel with Arabs, and Arabs come to faith, no matter what their background might be, I believe that that is a great way to work for eternal peace for the individuals, and it will overflow into society. When you see an Arab believer and a Jewish believer together, praying together, sharing uh, life in the spirit together, it is such a magnificent, a portrait of peace, and that can only happen through both knowing the Messiah, Jesus, the Prince of Peace.
2: One of the greatest challenges the Jewish people have faced over the centuries is how to preserve our heritage while looking forward to the future. And that sums up the goal of Chosen People Ministries as well. We believe with all our hearts that the Bible is the inspired Word of God, that Jesus is the promised Messiah of Israel, and that the simple message of His death and resurrection has the power to transform the lives of Jewish people and Gentiles all over the world. And we'd love for you to partner with us. With your prayers and financial donations, we will keep proclaiming the gospel until we see Him face to face. Learn more online at chosenpeople.com slash radio once again that's chosenpeople.com slash radio or call 888-293-7482 we look forward to connecting with you soon
1: well that's all the time we have for today you've been listening to the chosen people and don't forget this program can be heard every weekend right here on your local radio station or you can listen online at chosenpeople.com radio. You'll find a variety of resources available and you can even sign up for our special Inside Israel newsletter. Just go to Chosen People Ministries at chosenpeople.com slash radio. And to stay connected with us throughout the week, be sure to check us out on your social media platforms. You'll find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just click the like or subscribe button and you're good to go. And if you'd like to partner with this ministry by giving a financial gift, you can do that while you're online as well. Or you can send your donation in the mail when you write to Chosen People Ministries at 241 East 51st Street, New York, New York 10022. That's 241 East 51st Street, New York, New York 10022.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the Chosen People radio program. I hope that you've been blessed by sharing a few moments with Bobby and I. We'd like to continue blessing you and send you a free copy of a great book called Israel's Glorious Future. A lot of the great prophecies that we talk about on this show are outlined in this book, and we will send it to you free of charge just because you listen and just because we're brothers and sisters in the Messiah. So we would be happy to send Israel's glorious future future to you. All you need to do is go to chosenpeople.com slash offer. That's chosenpeople.com slash offer. And we would be delighted to send you a copy of Israel's Glorious Future, chock full of the prophecies that speak about Messiah's glorious return and Israel's future. So contact us and we'll send you a copy of Israel's Glorious Future. I know that you'll love it. And now to close
1: us with the ironic benediction here's Mitch Glazer once more.
0: Yehorech adonai vayishmorecha. Ya ira donai panavlecha vikunecha. Yisadonai Hanavalecha. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and be gracious to you. May the face of the Lord shine upon you and give you peace. Beshem shall Yeshua Hamashiach. Sar Shalom, in the name of Jesus the Messiah, the Prince of Peace.
1: The Chosen People is produced and sponsored by Chosen People Ministries.